welcome to the Liz Life. Hello, and welcome back to the Liz Life. That's Liz with two Z's. I'm your host, Elizabeth with an S. This week, we're going to be talking about boundaries. Um, I get a lot of questions about boundaries and how to set them. You know, a lot of times with clients and with friends too, um, we really struggle with setting adequate boundaries in our lives. And this impedes our personal goals, our fitness goals, really across the board. What I find is that we struggle to articulate what our boundaries are um, and how they affect us. We, we don't really seem to... S- to understand the significance of them. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to set boundaries and the implications of that. And those boundaries can include boundaries with ourselves, with our work, with our coworkers, with our friends and our family. Um, how do you want to talk to yourself? How do you want to behave? How do you want other people to talk to you? How do you want those people to behave? All of these things in our lives come together and cultivate a life that either serves us and serves our goals or doesn't. And it seems so simple, but it is, it is quite complicated and can have very profound impacts on our quality of life. I am someone who believes that there is one thing that matters in this life and that is whether or not you are happy. You know, life is hard all on its own. And the best thing that you can do is to set yourself up with tools to help navigate life when it gets really hard and to set boundaries in place so that you can navigate that the best that you can so that you are equipped to weather the storm. Um, If you don't have strong boundaries, if you don't have a strong foundation, when life does happen, and it will, um, you can be rocked. I mean, just absolutely destroyed. Now, when we talk about boundaries, um, I'll use some language that kind of implies other people are involved, but I will say that the hardest boundaries to set and keep are the ones with ourselves, but the principles don't change. They are still the same. And that'll make a little bit more sense in a second. When we talk about boundaries with ourselves, it is very easy to set a standard or a boundary with ourselves and then not follow through. When we do that, we lose trust in ourselves and it becomes this, uh, becomes kind of this chaotic mess of us not trusting ourselves and then therefore not trusting the world around us. It creates this inherent sense of distrust, um, which can be quite insidious in the way that it seeps its way into our lives. This is why I encourage in, in my first two podcasts, setting healthy expectations of ourselves so that we can develop healthy goals, set some healthy boundaries, and then reach those goals and those boundaries with reach those goals with those boundaries. And that will help cultivate and create a deeper sense of trust in ourselves. In addition to that, setting boundaries with ourselves and with others helps to cultivate a life that serves us so that we have positive, a positive mindset, positive language, things in our lives and standards for our lives that make us feel good, right? Because at the bare minimum, the people that we hold close in our lives should generally make us feel good, right? That's kind of what this is all about, health, wellness, fitness, You want to feel good in this world and not blindly good. You know, we don't need toxic positivity, but you want to lay a foundation for your standard of care. And that's, and that's uh, step number one. So there are three steps in setting boundaries as I see it. 
Number one is setting forth your standard of care. Your standard of care is essentially the bare minimum that it requires for someone to meet that boundary or to meet your standard of care. This is how I want to be talked to. This is how I want to be treated. This is the expectation that I have for myself um, and what I ask of someone in my sphere if they want to remain in my sphere, which brings me to number two, communication. Communication is not only the ability to articulate your standard of care, what is the boundary, what is the thing that you want to see, what is the behavior that you want, what is the actionable step we want to perform, but also can you communicate that with yourself? Can you communicate it clearly and concisely? And can you communicate that with others? If someone violates your standard of care or does not meet your standard of care or fails to respect your boundaries, do you tell them? Do they do they even know what those boundaries are? Have you articulated clearly to them exactly what it is that you need from them? And if they violate that, are you willing to adequately communicate to them that they have done that? Right? If someone hurts you but you don't tell them, they don't know. They can't do better. And a lot of people, if they knew better, they'd do better. A lot of people aren't setting out to hurt you. But when we fail at our communication, at our ability to articulate our needs well, right? And the well part is is the important part here because it's very easy to fly off the handle and be very reactionary and push people away and disrespect their boundaries, right? In your quest to communicate yours. Um, but when you, when you can articulate them well, then you arm people with the tools that they need to meet your standard of care, to meet your boundaries and to respect you better and to treat you better. Um, because not everyone is trying to hurt you. They just simply don't know. And if you cannot communicate that with them, setting this standard for yourself and for the people around you, it doesn't really do anything. It's kind of a moot point. Um, so communication is big number two. Number three is consequences. This is the big one, right? So you have articulated what your needs are. You have communicated those needs to yourself and to the people around you. And then what? You fail to meet them. They fail to meet them. What happens? A lot of times it's nothing. Nothing happens. We just complain and we throw a tantrum and we get upset and nothing changes. There are no consequences to your actions, no consequences to their actions. Consequences is the big number three. There has to be some kind of consequence for not meeting or failing to respect a boundary or a standard of care. Um, if in a personal example, if I don't record my podcast, I guess I can't go to brunch on Sunday, right? And that's a standard, you know, I have met my bare minimum standard of care. I have set a boundary and expectation. I didn't do that. I have to, I have to decide that I am grounded. Some days I nail it. Some days I go to brunch. I don't know. I'm just doing my best. But the consequence to that is I don't get my podcast done and my, my, standard of life, my standard of care has diminished, right? And I have done something where I don't trust myself, right? To do something. This is, this is an example of a personal boundary. When we talk about external boundaries with partners, we'll use this as an example. Um, when we talk about relationships that ultimately become toxic, 
we set a vision, a standard of care of the things we want our partners to do or the way we want them to be treated or this ideal version of a partner. And we meet someone and we really like them. And then they violate a standard of care. They disrespect a boundary. They hurt our feelings. You know, let's, and maybe we fly off the handle. We don't communicate those boundaries. And so they continue to disrespect our boundaries and we push that boundary further and further and further. Or let's say we do communicate those boundaries adequately, but we still keep pushing those boundaries further and further and further, right? We rationalize and say, well, they were doing this or they were going through this. And we come up with all these why reasons of why this happened. And there are no consequences, which means that they have no, they have no incentive to change that behavior. And so you, so then you move your boundary because you probably nothing happening. You're essentially signing off on that behavior. And then you move and you move and you move and you look up and you don't recognize where you are anymore. Backing up a little bit into, um, moving our boundaries for our partners and this, this why rationale, I say this, I say this to my clients a lot and to my friends, the why is important to understand and provide peace to ourselves um, and to empathize with people. I, I see that. But the why doesn't really matter when it comes to your boundaries. The why doesn't change that the boundary has been disrespected. It doesn't change that someone has denied you your bare minimum standard of care. You can empathize with them. You do not have to be upset or angry. You do not have to fly off the handle or seek retribution. None of that has to happen, but you, you cannot compromise the boundary. Um, you have to deny people that access to you and it doesn't have to be, you know, when we talk about consequences, for disrespecting your boundaries or not meeting a standard of care, it, it doesn't have to come from a place of anger or vitriol or rage. Um, it can come from a place of peace and control and empathy and say, you know what? I understand you're going through a hard time. You're having a hard time navigating your own feelings. Um, but I do not have to tolerate that behavior. I will not tolerate whatever's happening here. Um, and therefore access denied, you know, come back to me when you can treat me with a, my bare minimum standard of care. When you can come to me with kindness and authenticity and empathy, then we can have a conversation. And that holds true even on a small scale. If you're arguing with your partner or you're having a disagreement with your friend, you can calmly say, I'm not in my best frame right now. Let's circle back to this in a little bit when I can articulate myself better. Um, the last podcast, I talked a lot about communication and language. That is quite literally everything, right? You want to be able to communicate adequately what your standard of care is. An actionable step to hold to hold that standard of care and boundary true and to communicate that to the people in your life. And three, to create consequences for people who disrespect those boundaries. Um, and when I use the word disrespect, again, not everyone is trying to hurt you. They are not trying to disrespect your boundaries. Um, but if you let them, they will. 
if you move your boundaries and they don't know what they are, they'll keep going. This idea of people pleasing, this idea of don't hurt other people's feelings, especially women. We are taught to be the caretakers and to please our partners on a very basic level, right? I have a client who, you know, cooks for her family, cooks for their family. Um, and they, you know, are having a hard time. Oh, well, they're eating this. So I have to eat this baby. You do not have to eat what they eat. You can eat with your family and have a different portion. You are not required to do exactly as they do. Oh, well, I don't want to, um, make something extra because my partner wants this and my partner wants that. Your partner is an adult. They can make their own food. You have a responsibility to your nourishment and your body. They're just going to have to suck it up. And I hate to say that, but if they are a supportive partner, they will. Or you can just make your portion a little bit different than you make theirs and still reach your goals because you want to, you know, obviously you want to eat with your family and all this stuff. You are not required to get what they get. Even let's say you go to get fast food. You can always get a grilled option and they get a fried option. That is a boundary with yourself, with your body, um, an agreement that you have made with you. You are not required to consume something just because everybody else is. And I think there, there's kind of this like underlying, oh, well, I don't want to get the healthy option, make other people feel bad for getting the fried option or whatever it is. Excuse my language. Fuck that. <laughs> like they're not, it's your body. That's your body. It's your bodily autonomy. It belongs, your nourishment belongs solely to you. It does not belong to anybody else. And you don't have to communicate that to them, or maybe you want to and say, hey, I really want you to support me on this journey. I need this nourishment, yada, yada. Um, but I hope that you surround yourself with people that are supportive of you. But I'm going to be honest, more, more often than not, nobody's going to notice. That's like a personal thing that you have going on, this personal shame um, that you might want to work through in therapy. A thought bubble for you. I will leave it on the table. You can pick it up if you want, or you can leave it there. Um, but back to this idea of making people uncomfortable and setting boundaries, I think on another level we do really want to please other people. We really want to make people feel comfortable around us. And so we have this idea that I cannot set concrete boundaries because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Again, very kindly, fuck their feelings. I, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but it is your life. And as long as you communicate with kindness and empathy, if someone's feelings get hurt, that might be on them. You know, you, as long as you feel good about the way you have communicated, you have done your absolute best. I think it's important to say, you know, I did what I can, I did what I could, but if you want to project something onto me, that's on you. I have said my boundaries. I have been as kind as I possibly can. The rest is on you. I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, on the, on the other side of that coin as well, this is who I am. And these are my boundaries. And if everybody else gets their feelings hurt, that's too bad. You know, this is just who I am. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. That does not come from a place of growth and empathy and kindness. That comes from a place of entitlement, that you are entitled to be however you want to be and everybody else just has to deal with it. 
that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you have an, you have a responsibility to yourself to set boundaries well so that you can help guide people on how they're going to treat you. And again, we don't always nail it. We don't always get it right a hundred percent of the time, but we do what we can. We try to arm ourselves with language that is intentional and purposeful so that we can communicate with authenticity and kindness so that we can set a standard of care for how we want to be treated. And if someone does not meet that standard of care, that is their prerogative. They can live their life as they, as they see fit, but they are not entitled to your time. They aren't entitled to access to you or your body or whatever it is, right? So it's really important that we set those standards of care for the way we want to be treated. And this translates to our own person, um, our own lives, how other people access us, all of those things kind of come into play. Um, there are a lot of different ways to set boundaries with your movement and your nourishment, but ultimately if you want to cultivate a life that helps you meet your vision of your life, you want to cultivate people in your life that meet your vision for the way you want to be cared for, that is ultimately your responsibility to do. You have to sift through energy and figure out how you want to be. You have to sift through other people's energy and decide if they're worth it to be in your life. Um, and that does take some time. It is a process. It takes practice. Um, but when you clear out energy that doesn't serve you, you leave room and open yourself up for energy that does. And that transition can be really hard, can feel really chaotic, but it is worth it in the end. Um, when we talk about women specifically and being people pleasers, those boundaries are very difficult for us to set because of society and society's culture of women being nurturers. We always want to make people feel welcome and comfortable and somehow everyone else's feelings are our responsibility. Um, men don't usually have that kind of issue when it comes specifically to people's feelings. Um, it is something that I work on pretty deeply with my female clients who have a really hard time saying no. Please remember my friends that no is a complete sentence and you can say thank you, but no. And that's it. You don't owe anyone an explanation. You do not have to make up some kind of wild story to not hurt anyone's feelings. You can just simply say, I appreciate that, but no, thank you. That's it. Communicating kindness, setting a boundary, and then follow through by not going or not doing or not allowing or whatever it is, walking away. Or you can just leave. You know, I think the power of just leaving is really lost on people. I don't mean to laugh, but I think the power of just leaving is very lost on people. If you don't like it, leave, just leave, call an Uber, walk outside, do an Irish exit, just leave. Um, 
And then you can regroup. Maybe you want to send a message later when you've calmed down. But leaving a situation that is making you uncomfortable is an appropriate response. Um, I would encourage you to take more action with that. Um, although I will say this, I used to have a, I, I had a former partner who, when we would get into arguments, I would escalate. I would absolutely lose it. I had boundaries that I was not communicating. I was not doing them well. I would fly off the handle and his response, cause he was kind of, um, the opposite of me. He would shut down and he would not communicate with me at all. We'd stop talking to me. And then he would leave for like days, just leave. Um, which was a huge trigger for me because of my, I have some abandonment issues and whatever it is, that was a massive trigger for me. So that I would, it would exacerbate my feelings of chaos and abandonment. Um, when I say leave, I mean, remove yourself from a toxic situation. So what we did in order to help navigate that was I promised to, if I felt like I was getting really chaotic, I would say, Hey, I need a second to breathe. And if he felt like he was getting really chaotic and he needed to leave, he could leave, he would leave the room, shut the door. I promise not to follow him. So he could remove himself from the situation and set that boundary, but would not leave the home or wherever it was that we were. He wasn't allowed to just leave the environment that we were in. Um, so that we could set that boundary of that standard of care. Hey, I'm not going to talk to him like that. He's not going to abandon me like that. Right. So we could meet each other's needs, but also still respect our own. Right. I need a second to calm down. I'm feeling some type of way. I really need this from you. Um, similarly, he's feeling some type of way. He needed this from me. Um, and that was a tool that we used to help navigate our relationship and our standards of care. And that was really, really helpful because, but without that, I mean, we had been in that vol that volatile kind of toxic swing for a while because we weren't respecting one another's standard of care because we could not adequately communicate what that need was. We really had to dig deep and find out what is it that's triggering me? What is it that's upsetting me here so much? And when we were able to communicate exactly what it was, we were able to create a more concrete standard of care and then create a plan of action for consequences to violating that standard of care, right? Um, because if I refused to honor him leaving the room and going into the room, if I had followed him into that room, he would have no choice but to leave the house, right? Because I, I had disrespected that boundary. That is the consequence of a decision I would have made. I did not do that, but it's just an example of following through with the three steps. Um, there are a lot of different ways to set boundaries, but coming up with actionable steps to enforce those boundaries and to reinforce your standard of care is really important because boundaries without consequences are suggestions. And I will say that again, boundaries without consequences are just suggestions. Okay. And your boundaries do not deserve to just be mere suggestions. They are your standard of care. If you want to live an elevated life, if you want to live in a space above where you are now, you have to honor your most basic standard of care and you have to enforce that standard of care with both yourself and the people in your life. Otherwise, you have to reevaluate how you want to be and 
who you want in your life. By creating stronger boundaries for your standard of care and implementing actionable steps and consequences, you are improving your life tenfold. Um, I would encourage you to write down what you want your vision of your life to look like, the types of energies you want to share, the people that inspire you, the people you'd like to see more of. Maybe write down some qualities of the people that you love dearest in your life and try to cultivate more people like that. Maybe you want to identify, you know, if you're having some trouble with your interpersonal relationships, exactly what it is about that relationship that isn't serving you and have a conversation with someone about it. Again, I would really encourage you to look into the language that you use when you do that. Language is very important, but you want to arm yourself as best as you can so that you can have difficult conversations and they are, they will be difficult. Setting boundaries is not easy. Um, and sometimes we nail it and sometimes we don't, you know, sometimes my best is up here. Um, but sometimes my best, she, she be down here, you know, but we're just out here doing our best. Um, (laughs) you know, I hope that you take some of these tools with you. Remember standard of care, communication, consequences. I hope that you are able to take those tools and examples of tools and implement them in your own life. Um, If you have any questions, feedback, if you need some more support, please don't hesitate to email me at thelizlife, that's T-H-E-L-I-Z-Z-L-I-F-E at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Same thing, The Liz Life. Um, Please do me a favor. It would be wonderful if you could like, comment, subscribe, give me your feedback if you loved it. Um, I'd love to hear from you and anything else that you would like help navigating in the future. Please remember that you are worthy of all of the boundaries, all of the standards of care, and you deserve bodily autonomy and respect. I hope that this helps you reach your goals and create a life that serves you. Shine on, my friends. I'll see you soon. Welcome to the least life. The least life. Welcome to the least life. Welcome to the least life. Least life. Welcome to the. Welcome to the. Welcome to the least life. The least life. Welcome to the least life.